brings up Mr. Scott Holtz with his laser pointer to talk to us about money. Mm -hmm. Okay, you ready for the boring part? Does that help? Okay, real quickly, I, I promise this is just going to take about three, three minutes or so, uh, so hang in there with me. Um, uh, I want to start by talking about where 2016 ended up. Um, you, you probably remember during the course of 2016, we kind of got behind early on our giving, and so we talked a lot about we need more giving, we're behind, um, and so that can be kind of discouraging, but actually the year ended up pretty good. Oh, I need my pointer. I just got this yesterday. Um, you can see we, we were $44,000 behind on our income or our inflows, which is the giving plus the rental income that we get. Um, so um, it, it wasn't terrible. And, and um, before we go to the next, I just want to point out we started the year with $221,000 in cash. So we had a little buffer savings plan, which we think is, is smart. Um, next slide, please, Eric or Stephanie. Um, and then you can see actually on our expenditures, uh, we were $9,000 we spent less than what we had budgeted, so that $44,000 um, was not uh, quite as bad because the net loss or the net expenditure was only $35,000. So we dipped into our cash. We started the year with $221,000. We hoped to end with, uh, with a break-even, but we spent just a little bit over $35,000 of our cash. Um, we had some unusually big expenses. Uh, we had to replace an air conditioning unit that was about $18,000, um, some other building stuff. Um, and so um, all in all, thank God he provided for us. Uh, next couple of slides actually are is the same information that's in your brochure on the back there, so you can follow along either place. This is what we're asking for for 2017. We want This is the budget that we feel like that uh, is really the baseline. Um, it's not a lot of new bells and whistles like Ross talked about. Um, it's, it's what it takes to run this place. Um, so here's the 2016 actual and the changes, and, and then you get what the 2017 budget is. So a small increase in giving, uh, $13,000, which is really just a 2% increase over last year. So we know we could easily do that. We know we can do more than that, but we felt like it was important to be conservative. Um, next slide, please, Stephanie. Um, on the expense side, you can see that we're actually reducing our expenses. Um, we uh, are, are uh, projecting that our building costs will go down if we don't have any other major repairs, please God. Um, our staffing is actually down, and I just want to take one second to say uh, the biggest part of that is we have some wonderful, wonderful um, volunteer admin people that I want to recognize. Julie Herring has really stepped up this year and helped out. Cindy Knatzer has been doing our bookkeeping for us, and then somebody named Jody um, Bartek has been doing something, sharpening pencils or something. <laughs> their, their volunteer labor contribution is helping us save money and is a true blessing and a joy to us, so thank you very much for that. So, um, Last thing I just want to point out on our budget, you do see an increase here on this mission line that Ross referred to, $5,000 um, is not a, a ton. We still want to continue to do more. We actually make a, a, a lot more contributions to the mission field than that that isn't showing up directly in our budget. When we do things like go to Haiti, when we collect things for CC Cares, that doesn't show up as an expenditure in our budget, but it's part of our, um, our effort towards that. So, um, 
again, it's a conservative budget, you know, based on the realities that we've experienced the last couple years. We know that if people will participate, um, it can, uh, it can, uh, we can do more, we can do better things, um, we can be more effective, and so um, uh, we're going to have an opportunity if you have any questions and want to dive into the details. If you're really a nerd, I'll be in the back and we can talk about it more. I want to now bring up my friend uh, Doug Bartek to uh, also quickly talk to you a little bit about what something that we've been working on for the last year. We have an opportunity to sell off a two, three acres of our land, um, excess land that we probably wouldn't be using for, for years, especially given Ross's vision of us not turning into a giant church. Um, so uh, I really appreciate Doug's hard work on this. So he's going to give you a quick update. Um, thanks, Rob. Our church leadership actually uh, is very forward-looking and has been talking for several years now about possibly selling some land. And if you'll bring up that first chart, actually back in 2007, um, that's not the first chart. That would be the last chart. <laughs> that's the first chart. All right, back in, uh, this, is, this is a current plot of the corner of Lebanon this way and Kuwait this way. Our church right now is right here. So this is the 7-Eleven. Uh, this is the veterinarian, veterinary center that exists. Back in 2007, we sold this approximately two-acre parcel right here. And that is not developed, but those are the plans for a commercial set of buildings that would go uh, on this Lebanon frontage. And this is another plan development here for a building to also go on Lebanon. It's a vacant lot right now. And as you see, again, our church and our existing parking lot. So back in 2007, before the 2008 crash, we sold that approximately two acres. And the church leadership has been discussing the feasibility and advisability of selling addis additional parcels of land because right now, with the land we have left, it's approximately 12 acres. A lot more than we frankly need for future expansion of our church and our current plans. The difficulty is that once we s began issuing feelers out in the real estate community about the feasibility of selling some additional land, we found out there is a, there is a lot of interest because good commercial land isn't totally available here in this part of Frisco. The problem is that this area shaded right here of our property is not zoned commercial. It's zoned residential with a special use permit called a PUD, Planned Urban Development Permit, for a church. So somebody buying a section of property here would have to go through a rezoning process, which takes up to a year. It's not always guaranteed that it would be rezoned. And the likelihood of um, com combining all that likelihood in the work means that somebody would be willing to buy it perhaps on contingency at a lowball price and then go through the rezoning, rezoning um, process. So we decided that it makes more sense for us to control the rezoning process, let us go through the process of rezoning this area in gray 
from residential to commercial and then possibly putting it on the market. Now the, the sections that we would be able to put on the market, also according to the City of Frisco zoning requirements, you have to have frontage on a major road. The only areas left of frontage along Coit here is this section north of our parking lot. This is the existing daycare school here. The section north of our existing parking lot, which is about one and a half acres from this frontage all the way back to the fence line. And the section immediately south of our church between us and 7-Eleven, which is about two acres if you go straight back over here. And again, even this little section back here, if you go all the way back, it would have to be rezoned uh, from residential to commercial. So um, that three and a half acres, if we were able to sell one or both of those, would still leave us eight and a half acres of expansion all the way back here for future expansion of the church. And as you can see, compared to our existing building, which is this inside square right here, that's a lot of expansion for us in the future. So the steps we have gone through over the past year is uh, meeting with the planning, the uh, planning and zoning commission on an individual basis, the staff members there. We have uh, been able to get approved some preliminary plans which are part of the rezoning process. Um, we went through the planning and zoning public hearing uh, at the city, uh, that passed. Uh, that led us to the planning and zoning public vote. Uh, that passed. Uh, once that's done, it goes to the city council for a public hearing. That was uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, there was no opposition at the public hearing. And the final step to rezoning all of our land to commercial C1 is a city council vote which would happen next month. And at that, pro at that point, if that passes, we would be able to go to market and get full value for one or both of those parcels I just mentioned. Now to show you what could happen, and now you can go to the next chart. This uh, turn, turn 90 degrees, and this is now north facing up, and this is uh, Lebanon here and Coit Road over here. So again, here is our church right here. This is the veterinary center, 7-Eleven, and the two buildings off the two acres we sold back in 2007. One possible use for this strip of land, this roughly two acres fronting on Coit Road here, and these are plans that are in place being talked about to the, to the Planning and Zoning Commission now as a possible buyer for this strip of land would be a retail center here and then a Montessori school here. And this area in green is the required green area and play yard for that Montessori school. So this kind of um, sale could net us somewhere close to a million dollars, which could go a long way towards both paying down the mortgage on our property as well as providing some additional funds for the missionary work and for some of the things we want to do for expansion at our own church. Go ahead and go to the next chart. And then these are our plans that we developed in preparation for putting the north parcel 
on the market. This is our existing parking lot here, the north side of it. So again, Quit is over here. The existing daycare center is up here. Our church is back down here. This is the building size that could be built on that one and a half acres. Uh, this turns out to be very valuable because this building is bigger than a normal one and a half acre commercial property would allow. And that's because this commercial property being next to a church could share the parking lot with us. They could use some of our parking during the week. We could use some of their parking on Sundays because they won't be open on Sundays. Likewise, they could share some of our lighting. We would share a fire lane here. The advantage to us obviously is that they would also pay for maintenance of the parking lot, maintenance of lighting, maintenance of the fire lane, maintenance and care of the two dumpsters that are right here. And the advantage to them is that they would be able to put up a much bigger building on one and a half acres than they would otherwise because typically the, re the, uh, the determining factor on size of building is parking required around the outside. So they would be able to use some of our parking. So this is very valuable and it helps increase the value of the property that we could get because they could put a bigger building on it. This is what uh, would be available for general office and then we have another plan which is the next one of what would be available uh, as a medical center. We can go ahead, the go ahead and go to the next chart. A little bit smaller building for metal medical office because medical office requires more parking than uh, general, general office does. So that's, uh, that's a summary of what we have in place and we could use your prayers for a final city council vote this next month. And I'm, and I'm so glad that we have people like Doug Bartek who are taking care of this uh, and not me. So uh, Bob Cox, would you come up here and uh, kind of tell them where we go from here? Um, we are running late, but we're going to try to wrap up here in a few minutes. And I encourage you uh, for more detail, if you have specific questions on ministry or this kind of stuff, please stay, particularly Covenant members, uh, after we dismiss here. And we'll have a Q&A that will wrap up um, by 1230. So uh, the big deal is what are we going to do? What is the Lord laying on your heart? And I'd say just like with the, the mission for the, for the year of prayer, care, share, it really needs to start with prayer. What does God want me to do in the overall scheme of things? What has he gifted me to do? What has he provided for me that is intended to, he's wanting to use me as a conduit, if you will, to be a part of what his kingdom build is, is happening. And I just want to call your attention to one scripture. Ross didn't leave me much time. Uh, but one scripture that I think just encourages my soul, because like you, I have limited resources, okay? I'm limited, I'm finite, finite both economically and time-wise, and we just had an admonition that we're not to be overly busy, we're to be, you know, strategically busy. So um, in 2 Corinthians 9, you've heard part of this passage before, but we don't often focus on verse 8. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And just a little context, remember, Paul's writing to a church, and in chapter 8, he says, look, the, the poor saints in Macedonia, they've given to meet the needs of their brothers and sisters, and 
he's encouraging this rich church in Corinth, which is a very bustling economic area, to, you know, to step up and do what they're supposed to do. Well, we focus on verses uh, 6 and 7 often that say, you know, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously, you know, and God loves a cheerful giver and so on. But we fail to look at verse 8 many times. And verse 8 says this, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, okay, there's a lot of alls there, you may abound in every good work. All sufficiency in all things at all times so that you may not just do good work, but abound in every good work. God is able. It's not us. Not our finite bank accounts or our debt or whatever else is limiting us. We're looking to God. So therefore, we've got to start with prayer. And I just encourage you to do that, to pray. We have 10 days. By Wednesday, February the 22nd, that's when we would like to know um, what you have on your hearts to do. And we've asked this year that you consider, we have actually on the CC app, we'd prefer, in fact, that, that you covenant members especially vote on the CC app or the budget, yay or nay. And there's a place also for you to add comments, okay? So if you have comments, we want to hear your comments. We want to know what you have to say. But use the CC app if you're like, man, I'm just not an electronic dude. I'm not in the 21st century yet. Um, nobody's like that, of course. But we do have cards. They will be out at the Connection Center. And they basically, um, this is all on the app. It, you know, we'd like you to use the app, but if you really like the pen and paper, we have these cards out there. They're just limited, okay? So on the card, we have a place for your name. We also have a place for your email. And that we're going to use that to keep our records up to date. As you know, you know, records change. You might have, I've changed a couple of my emails because I prefer to get my church correspondence on one and I handle others on another email address, but that's for that. Then you are to mark, you know, if you're a covenant member, we want to know, obviously, because you are the people who have the right really to affirm or deny the budget or abstain if you prefer. Then we have a place for the commitments that we've raised, right? Um, each, each one reach one. The prayer care share strategy. The Bible reading plan. And, you know, this is not so much, you know, so that we can play secret police on you. But it encourages us as leadership to know, you know what, we're on the right track. And plus we can pray as well, right? We want to pray for everyone. Bible reading plan, whatever the Lord's leading on that is for you. I have a different reading plan, a little bit different than the one that's out there, but we'd like to know that you're in the word. We can pray for you there. And then prayerfully, again, prayerfully, regularly, and sacrificially give. So the regular part is really significant to us. And as you know, we've, we've kind of modestly um, raised our expectance for giving this year because we realize where we are. Um, but the regular part of that's really significant. And any missionary like John over here, when he's planning his trips for this year, if he doesn't have commitments from people, he really can't plan ahead. 
And as you can see, you know, we have lots of things on the table, but we really need, we need to be able to strategically and wisely plan our calendar out. So pray about that. Pray about what you can, you know, what you feel the Lord wants you to do. And I'd say step out in faith because 2 Corinthians tells us God is able to make it all abound for you. Right? Don't look at your, your limitations. Um, trust and place your faith in God. And we'd like you to, to please, if you would, put down a monthly commitment by faith, right? Are we going to come and hold you to that? No, but it helps us to plan, all right? Um, can I pray for us? Let's pray together. Father, we uh, commit the future of your work through Centennial Church, through each of us in our neighborhoods, on our streets, in our workplace, school, wherever you have us, the world that you've placed us in, Lord, we commit ourselves to you. We commit the resources that you want to use. Lord, we ask you to move those in our heart, move in our hearts to, to produce those resources the way you choose to use us, so that the glory may be to you and not to us. We're finite, we're limited, and you are infinite. And you've promised to provide and to make grace abound and to make all the resources, all sufficiency abound so that we can do every good work. We can abound in every good work. So we entrust this vision to you. We entrust our church to you. We entrust our ability to accomplish your purposes to you through Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.